Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Game Time Podcast with your hosts, I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. Bill O'Brien has been fired, and week five is already here. Shai and I will break down all the key matchups along with some of the injuries that's happened, COVID-19 affecting different games, and of course, the biggest news of the week, the Texans firing their head coach and general manager, Bill O'Brien. We have a lot to get to, so let's get right into it, because it's game time. So we're going to start, before we break down any of the games, we're going to start with the biggest news of the of the week, really. Bill O'Brien, who was the head coach and general manager of the Houston Texans, it has now been fired. Romeo Cornell is taking over as the head coach, and I think is Easter Easter by, I don't really know how to pronounce his name, excuse me, but he will be taking over as the general manager for the Texans all on an interim basis for now. So, Shai, what was your first reaction when you heard the news that the Texans and Bill O'Brien were parting ways? You know, I wasn't surprised at all, Alex. Uh, I think whether we agreed with it or not, we knew that his seat was hot right now. Um, already after an 0 and 3 start, and coming into a Vikings game, a game that was supposed to be, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people went into this game in the Texans' perspective and were like, this is a game the Texans should win, that they need to win, and if they don't win, there needs to be a change made. I don't know how much I agree with that, because I think the Minnesota Vikings are a very good team. And I think, arguably, at least on paper, they're more talented than the Texans, I think. Yeah, I think... I was just going to say, I think both the Texans and Vikings, who I I believe were both 0-3 coming in, they both were better than their record indicated. So, although I thought the Texans would be able to maybe sneak out a win against Minnesota, I didn't think it would be a foregone conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. I actually, look... Bill O'Brien's going to be recognized, known, and remembered for the trade DeAndre Hopkins, giving up two first-rounders for Laramie Tunsil, and a whole bunch of other moves that were really questioned when he was the general manager. But remember, as the head coach, he went to the playoffs with Brandon Whedon, Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler. Like, he... You know, he he obviously were, you know leaves Houston with a overall winning record. And remember, he didn't get Deshaun Watson until pretty late in his tenure in Houston. Obviously, his last game uh, in the playoffs against the Chiefs, there's some very questionable in-game decision-making there. But I've seen this from other people, and I've kind of thought about this myself. I feel like Bill O'Brien, the general manager, got Bill O'Brien, the coach, fired. Because Bill O'Brien was... Not a good general man, not a good general manager by any means, but as a head coach, I mean, he wasn't incredible. He wasn't great, but I did think he had some solid moments of this. That team overperformed. Now, according to a bunch of sources, there were some heated debates, arguments between Bill Bryan and a whole slew of players. Namely, the biggest name I've seen so far is J.J. Watt. Obviously, he's a pretty big name. He's a superstar, one of the leaders on your team. So he and J.J. Watt got into it. Their defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver, and Bill O'Brien got into it. So 
there was a, there's just grow, a growing sense that Bill O'Brien was losing or if not had already lost that locker room, which you just cannot do as a head coach. And I think obviously getting off to the 0-4 start, even if they were facing really good competition, when you combine that with the overall sense of just losing the locker room and people not buying into your message, that's ultimately going to lead to your uh, you're getting fired. And not just in Bill O'Brien's case, but in any's case. So it'll be interesting to see now, you know, Romeo Cornell had some coaching experience. So, you know, the Houston does have, um, you know, not a complete rookie taking over in that position. But it'll be interesting. Obviously, McDaniels might have some ties. There's been fun speculation about would Dabo Sweeney, uh, you know, partner up with Deshaun Watson again. I don't see that happening. But uh, I guess the first the first official head coaching vacancy is now open. So something we can speculate for the rest of the season. So, Shai, let's now get into these games. We're going to start with Thursday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers battling a slew of injuries. Chris Godwin's already been ruled out. Leonard Fournette is doubtful, and Mike Evans is questionable. Obviously, O.J. Howard is done for the season with a torn Achilles. I'm going to take Tampa against Chicago, but I think with the injuries to Tampa and playing in probably the colder Chicago weather, I think this can be a really a really tough game for Tampa to win, even if maybe the talent says otherwise. Yeah, I think this is going to depend a lot on... Um, Mike Evans, and if he plays, I expect him to play. I'm hoping for the sake of my fantasy team that he does play. Uh, but I think he's going to be that factor because if you if you look, I mean, he's been a they're an absolute red zone threat for them um, these past few weeks. That's where he's really been used and been utilized, and I think that's a huge missing piece to that puzzle offensively because uh, they you know they haven't. They, they, they've been really good. They've also had their struggles, I think, on both sides of the ball. And we haven't really seen a consistent uh, performance there. I think if you take away Mike Evans in this colder Chicago weather with that defense, I take the Bears here. Mike Evans playing, though, I'm going to give the edge to Tom Brady. Yeah, I think it all comes down to the Bears' offense and the consistency of Nick Foles and that entire offensive play. You need consistency from, you know, valuable positions on your team. Obviously, the quarterback position. And Nick Foles could come out on Thursday night and be firing on all cylinders. And Allen Robinson could have the game of his life. And although that would surprise some people, we've seen it from Foles before. Or Nick Foles could come out, look completely lost out there, and just keep turning the ball over. And that wouldn't surprise anyone. So the wide range of possible outcomes from Nick Foles and this overall Bears offense is what ultimately just scares me about can they beat a team that, you know, Tampa, maybe they haven't had consistent play on both sides, but the defense has overall still been pretty good, maybe with the exception of Justin Herbert tearing them up. And Brady seems like he's getting more accustomed to playing in that offense, playing with Mike Evans and playing under Bruce Arians' scheme every week. So that's why I just think consistency is on Tampa's side. Chicago, their defense is pretty consistent. I just don't know what to expect from that offense. That's what ultimately I think is why I'm going with the Buccaneers over the Chicago Bears on Thursday night football. 
So now let's go to the surprising Carolina Panthers, a team thought that through four games would be possibly 0-4, maybe 1-3. They're sitting at 2-2, and which I think, you know, they beat the Cardinals, which is, a, you know, a bit of a surprise to many. Now they face on the 0-4 division rival Falcons in Atlanta. I think this is going to be a shootout. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I know Ryan did not, Matt Ryan and that offense did not have a great game against Green Bay, but this game is in a dome in Atlanta. We've seen that offense really thrive, and I know Carolina's defense has gotten better as the season goes on, but I don't think they're going to have many answers for that Atlanta offense. At the end of the day, this should be a shootout, though. Yeah, I'm having a really hard time kind of going back and forth what I think is going to win this game. I came in to this season... And I, I remember if I talked to you about this, that I had more faith in Carolina than I did in Atlanta. And you thought I was crazy, I think. But I, I really do. I think they're better. I think Matt Rule is a legit NFL head coach. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he's, he's a consistent guy, and, and he's made plays out there. And with Mike Davis really stepping up into those shoes of Christian McCaffrey, maybe not quite filling them, because those are huge shoes to fill, but he's becoming that vocal point of that offense so it's hard to know here I think if this was in Carolina I would pick the Panthers pretty confidently but since it is in Atlanta and this especially this back end of this Panthers defense really concerns me I'm gonna lean Atlanta I would not be surprised to see Carolina pull another one out well, we also have to see with Julio. He had to exit the game against Green Bay early with a hamstring injury. He's battled that hamstring injury for the better part of the season now, it feels like. And on a, now a short week, it depends how does that hamstring heal up. Because even if Julio is out there and playing, which I don't think is a guarantee at, at this point at all, even if he's out there and active, you know, is he on a workload? How is he coming in and out of his breaks? Is he able to get that separation and really have that that burst that we know Julio to have so I still would probably go in Lent if Julio doesn't play but I think this game should be close no matter what and it <laughs> close in terms of both teams I don't think it would surprise anyone score over 30 points so this sh- this should be a fun game to watch both offenses going at it so now let's go to maybe the game that is most in question the Buffalo Bills taking the tennis taking on the Tennessee Titans Titans today having two more positive tests for COVID-19. It looked like today they were finally going to be able to go back to their facility. Now there are reports that during last week, when their facility got shut down initially, they still went ahead to a different venue and practiced, which is obviously against the COVID-19 protocols. So we're going to kind of let them, the NFL, the NFLPA, deal with that, and we should get a verdict on possible discipline on that in the near future. So that will also be something interesting to watch but again with more positive tests now on Wednesday you know before Sunday I would have a hard time thinking this game is going to go and I think this game is seriously in doubt if the game is played I think it's hard to go against the Buffalo Bills just because a I think this Bills team is flying high Josh Allen looks like an a legitimate MVP candidate when a lot of people, including possibly us, thought he might be the guy holding that team back. And then also, Tennessee, they haven't had real practice time in now over a week. You know, we always talk about game shape, you know, really good shape versus football shape. 
And again, not not getting those reps, not having that constant game planning, and kind of just constantly going over with, with the game planning in person with your coaches and other teammates, it just makes it that much more difficult. So Buffalo should be ready to play, and I'm not saying Tennessee won't, but it just, with all that time off, it should make it pretty difficult for them. Again, I would at this point be fairly surprised if this game is played, but if it is, I think it's hard to go against the Buffalo Bills here. Yeah, Alex, I completely agree with you with Buffalo there. And I just shake my head at this Tennessee Titans organization. I'm disappointed. Um, And I think they need to face discipline. Um, Look, they're violating protocol. And and thus, not only are they suffering for it, they're hurting themselves, but now they're hurting the league. And they've already hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers, having now to play 13 straight games. I mean, but at the same time, we've had what? The Bucks and Dolphins had to play 16 straight games. Uh, that's that's a completely different situation, Alex. Some, te- some teams normally, not this year, but other teams in years past, has had a normal week four bye week. I know, but Pittsburgh was preparing to play Tennessee. They did not get a full bye week, and they're upset about it, and they have the right to be upset about it. Now, whether Tennessee, whether Tennessee should face discipline for that depends entirely on if the NFL finds them guilty of violating protocols up to that point. Now, if they can't go against Buffalo, I do believe that there should be uh, serious punishment given and maybe some compensation toward Buffalo for this game. Um, because really, it's not fair. And at this point, it appears that their, their irresponsibility is costing the NFL, costing themselves, and now hurting other teams, Alex. But yeah. They haven't had any practice time. That's a huge advantage. It would have been an advantage for the Pittsburgh Steelers had they played them. Now it's going to be an advantage to Buffalo should that game go on. I like Buffalo on a big one if they play. Yeah, so we we agree on that one. Another game that I think we're going to agree on, the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Vegas at times has looked pretty good this year, but Mahomes seems like he's getting into a groove. I think Mahomes is going to tear apart that Vegas defense, and I think the Chiefs, although maybe Vegas couldn't put up a fight early, I think the Chiefs could, will end up winning this one pretty handily. Yeah, Vegas is at its best when it when it starts with an early lead and is able to rely on that run game with Josh Jacobs and getting the ball in the hands of Darren Waller. I don't, don't see how that could happen against the offense of Kansas City. They're going to get points on the board. They're going to get points on the, on the board early, Alex, so yeah, I really don't think that this uh, Raiders secondary, as you said, really stands a chance. Yeah, so we're, we're moving right along here. Uh, now let's go to the Arizona Cardinals against the Joe Flacco-led New York Jets. Cardinals are coming off a rough one. Obviously, they started off hot, but now coming off you know a couple of losses, including an upset loss to the Panthers and Lions. They should. This is a Jets team that the Cardinals should beat. I know it. You know, we'll see. Maybe Flacco will give them a burst of energy. I don't know. I'm, I'm Le'Veon. We'll see if he comes back this week. He's, I believe, coming off IR or at least has been designated to come off injured reserve. So this Jets team, especially some of the offensive weapons, is getting. They're overall getting healthier on that side of the ball, despite the loss of Sam Darnold. The Cardinals, I think, have to win this game. You know, they have to still prove that 
yeah, they were more of that team the first two weeks than the last two weeks. So I expect the Cardinals to go to 3-2 and two and the Jets to drop to 0-5 here. Wins are going to be hard to come by for this Jets team just because of the lack of talent. And I've said it many times. I know he's not playing this week, but Sam Darn's a pretty good quarterback. But the situation he's in, whether it's the coaching, the overall offensive line play, or the receiving corps, it's just not... It's just not it's very hard to survive as a quarterback at you know with those guys around you. So Sam Donald, I could see if he leaves the Jets in a couple of years and goes to another team, can turn into a possible top fifteen quarterback. But as long as he's in this situation, he's gonna have a tough time thriving. And I and I expect some of the same for Joe Flacco. Yes, yeah, certainly. I think this has to be a get right game for Arizona, as you said. They need to get Tyler Murray to get that offense in stride again because that's their strength going back to the Jets personally I think that defense has been quite solid frankly given the circumstances Um, they seem well coached by Greg Williams and I think he's done a good job kind of retaining that stoutness on the defensive line and the secondary which has been really suspect Pierre Desir I believe has has played a really rough game against Denver bounced back a little bit with a pick six or so, but then again, Pierre, I think Pierre Desir had like the most roller coaster game a DB could have. He he gets mossed by Judy for a touchdown, gets an interception, you know, gives up another big play, gets a pick six. I mean, he was all over the field, you know, for better or worse. Yeah, but the struggles really come at the offensive end. That offensive line is bad, which is causing Donald and whoever's playing quarterback really to rush his reads, get locked in on one guy. I think we saw that a lot in the Denver game. Donald could not go through his progression because he knew, you know, he only had one or two seconds to get the ball out. So, I, I really do think that n- nothing's really going to change here. Arizona's going to win this game. It's got a feel um, for whoever, whoever's in that backfield in New York. Yeah, I mean, you look at, he made an incredible play against the Niners where he was rolling one way and threw from an awkward arm delivery and made a strike for a touchdown Darnold did against the Niners. Next week against the Colts, I feel like he broke three tackles, was running all around for his life, and then threw a dart in the front corner of the end zone for a touchdown. So Sam Darnold has shown that he can still play at a pretty high level. It's all about consistency. But again, when you're getting inconsistent play from all over the field and inconsistent coaching and you know scheming and game planning that makes it that much harder on the quarterback to succeed at this level when everyone has the talent obviously you're if you're in the NFL you have the talent so it goes much more beyond that and sometimes who's around you and obviously the supporting cast for Donald is way less than ideal so now let's go to the Philadelphia Eagles against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Battle of Pennsylvania, and I don't expect many points to be scored in this game. I think the Eagles, we saw from their defense, I know maybe it was against a injury-riddled Niners offense, but I think that Eagles defense can do a, a solid job on the Steelers, especially early on. I think, you know, they're going to do a pretty good job, especially maybe of holding down against James Conner with their... You know, the way they, the Eagles are able to rotate defensive linemen, edge rushers, or on the interior, they just have so much depth so guys can just stay fresh and healthy. At the end, In the end, I think I like the Steelers' defense better, so I definitely think that's kind of what it's going to come down to. Also, when you have the experienced Ben Roethlisberger, I think that also gives the Steelers an edge here. So, 
At home, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I don't overall, I don't think we're going to have many many points scored in this game. And uh, it should be a good game. It should be a good game, especially with uh, both divisions, the NFC East and the AFC North being so close. So a big game for both teams, even if it's not an, in, even if it's not a divisional game. Yeah, Alex, I'm a little worried about this game, frankly. I think it was this Carson Wentz's rookie year, I believe. He went down to Philadelphia. It's supposed to be a big win for our Steelers. And, and he tore you guys up. Yeah, Carson Wentz obliterated us. He put up, I think, 41. And it was ridiculous. And I don't think that's going to happen here. I, I, I agree. I don't think many points are going to be scored. It's going to be a close game. The Steelers always start slow out of the bye. And right when they were feeling they really pick up the momentum, now they kind of have to... feels like they were going to take a few steps back. But maybe since that extra preparation, when they had to... They thought they were going to play Tennessee, could help them. I think the the defensive lines here are going to be the key. And this is going to be a game that's going to be run on the point of attack. And it's not... I'm not picking the Steelers, you know, because I think their defense is better, which I think it is. But it's the offensive line. That's where the game's going to be won. I think for the Steelers, they have a better offensive line than the Eagles. They're playing better. They, they got injuries over there. And I think this, in pass protection especially, the Steelers have been quite sound. Um, I, I could see this game going either way, but I do think it's going to be a win for the Steelers, and advancing to Forna. Yeah, we'll see if the Eagles can maybe, after a big and much-needed win against the Niners, kind of ride some of that momentum into a big game against an opponent that, again, we expect to be playing meaningful games oh. in January, the Steelers. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the. I believe it's going to be 5,500 fans at Heinz Field this weekend. So they'll be interesting to see how they play um, with these fans in the stands for the first time. Although it is a very small number. Yeah, and it'll also be interesting because, you know, some... Some teams that don't have fans at their own home stadium, they might even feed off the away crowd, even if they're against them. You know, just some, just some of that adrenaline being brought back up. So, you know, the fans, I think, obviously will mainly work in the Steelers' favor, but I don't know, maybe some of the Eagles players... Maybe they'll play Renegade, Alex. <laughs> you love that song. <laughs> I do, I do. So, now let's get to a very interesting game. Maybe shouldn't be very close, but the LA Rams are taking on... The non, no Dwayne Haskins, but Kyle Allen Washington football team? Dwayne Haskins, uh, just as of this morning, was announced that he's not even going to be the second string, but he's going to get benched and not even be active on game days. Kyle, Kyle Allen, who is with Ron Rivera with the Panthers, will get the start with Alex Smith, who, what a comeback by Alex Smith, but Alex Smith will be the backup to Kyle Allen. And Rivera basically said that if there was a team that was 4-0 or 3-1 in this division, that, yeah, maybe they wouldn't have, maybe they would have made different plans for the, at the quarterback position. But he basically said that he believes Kyle Allen gives the Washington football team the best chance to win. And, look, I'm going with the Rams. The quarterback change doesn't change much, I think, for this game. But you have to wonder, the Dwayne Haskins era may have lasted less than 16 starts. Alex, I don't know how much this is. Dwayne Haskins, you're not playing well. We're going to Kyle Allen. It could be. I more. I do think it's more, okay, 
let's see how Kyle Allen comes in on this role. Let's see what he does. He has experience with him from Carolina. Maybe he wants to rely on that more and say, okay, this, this is what we have here, so we have here. Then I wouldn't be surprised if we see some Alex Smith if things don't work out with Kyle Allen, just to get a taste of what they have at the quarterback position there. Um, but I think this would be really interesting to see. Um, I do think isn't the game probably won't be interesting, but Kyle Allen's performance versus Dwayne Haskins and comparing those two. I like the Rams in a big one, though. Yeah, no, Rams should win this game, and I agree with you that the familiarity and comfort level between Rivera and Allen did play a big part in this, I bet, but once you make this move, can you go back to starting Haskins if Allen struggles? Like, making this move basically puts an end to Haskins starting at least for the foreseeable future or barring an injury or two to Smith and or Allen. Yeah, I do agree with you there, and I think he's got his shot. But I, I wouldn't, I would almost be surprised if we didn't see a little bit of Smith. Um, I don't think we'll see him this week unless something happens to Allen. No, no, not this week. But, but in the foreseeable future, should Washington continue to struggle? Yes. No, I agree. I do think we can see Allen, or sorry, Alex Smith at some point this season. Uh, also, just you know, the whole story behind his comeback, his recovery. I think, you know, just knowing what he's been through and almost as a reward within that, I think he will he will get playing time sometime this season, I would think. So now let's go to a game that maybe won't be close, but should be a good test and an interesting game if you're a Bengals fan or if you want to see Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow and the Bengals are going to Baltimore to take on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I got the Ravens in this game, but I'm really excited and interested to see how Joe Burrow will go up against one of the better defenses and better secondaries in the NFL. Yeah, uh, let's not overthink this. The Ravens are going to win this game, but it it, will be a good test to see for Burrow. Um, These division games in the AFC North, Alex, are always close, Um, except for that one game this season. uh, When the Ravens won 38-6, when they routed the Browns, yeah. Yeah, but they tend to be pretty close. Um, This could be a blowout, but I have a feeling that Joe Burrow isn't going to let that happen. It will be closer than most people think, but the Ravens should take this one. Yeah, so we're both we're both going with Baltimore here. Although you know, because we expect Baltimore to win, uh, pretty decisively, I think Joe Burrow could possibly be the biggest storyline of this game, depending on how he stacks up against again a really really good Ravens secondary and overall defense that's also very well coached by uh, Wink, Wink Martindale there in Baltimore. So, now let's go to the Houston Texans. Obviously, as we talked about to begin the podcast, firing Bill O'Brien, Romeo Crono now takes over, and they're 0-4, they're taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and this is a game they should win. And obviously, at 0-4, it's a must-win. We hate to say must-win at any point, but especially this early in the season, 0-4, division game, a team that you should be at home. The game is in Houston. The Texans need this win. I do think they will get this win, but I do think Garner Mitchell could put up a fight for some of it. At the end of the day, though, I think Deshaun Watson's talent 
will take over against a young and inexperienced Jaguars defense that at times has showed signs and has some really nice young players for the future on it, but they're just, they're not there yet. They're still rebuilding, and I expect Watson, his his playmaking ability to take over. Yeah, it's a get-right game again for Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans. I'm a little, you know, I don't want to say disappointed, but I'm almost a little surprised. No, I don't want to say surprised. I don't know. I can't find the right word. If it were me, I would not have fired Bill O'Brien. Four games into the season. No, I wouldn't have either. I would have waited... I would have waited, because also, I mean, you look at those four games, they were, it wasn't, it was by no means a cakewalk. Yes. So, no, I agree with you there, I would have waited, I mean, now I guess you do get a head start on your head coaching search and general manager search, and you don't have to do it, you know, secretly or quietly behind closed doors or anything, but I do agree with you, I probably would have waited at least to, you know, maybe the halfway point. Because I, I do think four games, if you're willing to fire a coach after four games, then it's, well, why did he have so much power this past off season? Because at the end of the day, four games is a very small sample size. Yeah, especially against those teams. Uh, I think maybe if you kept him and he lost at Jacksonville, I would have fired him the next day. But it's Jacksonville. I mean, they, this, is, this has got to be a get-right game coming off of four really, really tough Losses. I I will say I feel like if you were an owner, you would fire a lot of people, and a lot of a lot of GMs and coaches would have a very short leash under you. You think so? Yes, I do. I do. I think you would clean house what every year, every other year. I don't know. I've been I've been preaching. A lot of Steelers fans have been calling for Mike Tomlin's removal. Believe it or not, a few years ago, and I was not a part of it. You know, so I mean. Maybe, but I like to think I'm reasonable. Well, I also think those Steelers fans that were calling for Mike Tomlin's job were completely unreasonable. I don't. Mike Tomlin, I think, has proven to be a very good coach, and I don't. I absolutely un- agree with you. I love him. Yeah, and I don't understand why the Steelers would let him go. So we both got we both got Houston. Obviously, it's a must must win for the Texans, but uh, obviously, you know who knows with Minshew magic there in Jacksonville. So now let's go to the Miami Dolphins against the San Francisco 49ers. And I guess we don't really know who's starting for San Francisco. Is it going to be CJ CJ Beathard? I don't think they would go back to Nick Mullins at this point. Although I do think overall, you know my take, I think Mullins could be a bridge quarterback in this league despite his poor performance against the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo comes back this week. I thought... You know, they might hold him out another week or two. I do think, though, because this team is so well-coached and they still have, you know, a lot of really good young talent and just overall talent on this team, I do have them beating the Miami Dolphins. And uh, obviously, with each game Miami loses, people are going to be calling for to his name. I think, look, the Dolphins, again, they're kind of in the same boat as the Jaguars, maybe a little ahead of the curve in that sense that, in the sense that, you know, I think they have the coach in place. You know, we'll see. I don't expect Doug Marone to be the Jaguars head coach um, next year unless something incredible happens for that organization this season. So I like the direction Miami is going in. I just think Kyle Shanahan is one of, if not right now, the better coaches in the NFL. And I think even with all of the injuries that San Francisco has suffered, 
at the end of the day, I just think the Niners still get the job done against a team that is on the that you know might be good in a few years, but it's just not there yet in the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I think this is a win for the Niners again, whether it's TJ Beathard starting or Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, did I say did I say I said Niners, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just want to make her misspeak there. Uh, yeah, you said you said it yourself. They had too much talent uh, everywhere else, despite those injuries, to drop this game. I mean, especially just losing a game to Philadelphia that was really within reach for them. Um, so they they definitely want to uh, bounce back here, and I expect they will. So now let's go to the New York Giants, who obviously. Their offense has been abysmal. Daniel Jones has, in my opinion, kind of regressed this season, taking on the Dallas Cowboys, whose defense has really struggled. But you look at it, the New York Giants' defense has actually been much better than at least I expected and probably everyone expected. Obviously, Nick Mullins and that Niners offense kind of really tore him up, and a lot of you know credit there goes to Shanahan and the game plan coming in. Well, you look at a really good Rams offense, and the Giants, for the most part, shut him down. James Bradbury is playing at an unbelievable level, as is uh, Blake Martinez, along with some of the guys on the interior defensive line, like uh, Leonard Williams. So this Giants defense is playing much better. At the same time, this Cowboys offense, I think it's going to be just too explosive. This cow, this is kind of get. Yeah, we talk about get right games all the time. This is almost a get right game for the Cowboys defense. And for Daniel, it's almost also a get-right game for Daniel Jones because this Cowboys secondary has struggled. And obviously, Jones has to play better. The receivers have to get more separation. So this will be a very interesting game. Obviously, I do expect the Cowboys to win this game, but I will be interested to see, you know, if the Cowboys, even if the Cowboys win, if they allow the Giants offense to kind of, you know, to score and, you know, rack up a lot of big chunk plays, that could be a red flag for that defense, even if they, if even if that team is able to escape with a win. Yeah, it's going to be a blowout. Uh, I don't really need, think I need to say much more. You really, you really covered it there. I think Dallas has got the offensive firepower, and I think between that kind of get-right game between Jones or and the Cowboys' defense, I don't think it's not going to happen for both of them. So I do think if this is a get-right game, again, the Cowboys defense, because I think they will get right against Daniel Jones um, and that Giants offensive line. Yeah, I I do think, though, Bradbury, I think whoever he faces will be interesting because he has played at such a high, high level. Actually, Pro Football Focus right now has him at on their quarter one quarter through all pro teams. So that's just kind of speaks to the type of play that Bradbury is playing at. He's playing at a true number one corner level. So I'll be interested to see how they use him. Does he travel with Cooper? Does he kind of, you know, go to whoever's outside? Because the Cowboys have three receivers who can all do damage at any point in the game at any level. So I'll be interested to see how they use Bradbury and if they and if Bradbury travels with anyone. So I think that'll be interesting to see but at the end of the day I do think the Cowboys um offense does just have too much firepower although I did think the Rams would blow out the Giants and the Giants defense was a pleasant surprise in that game despite the losing effort so you know we just have a few more games on the schedule but you know we're gonna go right now to the Colts and Browns 
this is, I think, one of the better games. The Browns, obviously, winners of three in a row, including a game that many expect them to lose against the Cowboys, obviously scoring a ton of points, getting everyone involved. Nick Chubb is down, but, I mean, when you, Kareem Hunt is your backup, you're in pretty... You're in pretty good hands offensively and in the run game. And, you know, Kevin Stefanski coming from Minnesota has made it a staple to establish the run, and it's worked. So this should be a really good game, especially with that Colts defense. Remember, they kind of got embarrassed against the Jaguars, and, you know, that, that defense really struggled. And now ever since then, that defense has been one of the best in the NFL. I'm going to go, I think, with the Colts here. I'm going to go with the Colts. I think that Xavier Rhodes is playing like he did when he got that big contract in Minnesota. And I think Philip Rivers will be able to do, you know, kind of just enough. And that's what he's been able to do in their wins, do just enough. So I'm going to go with the Colts here. I think in terms of predictability, they're more of the safer pick. But this should be one of the better games on this week's slate of uh, slate of games. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take the Colts as well. Uh, um, and again, you kind of mentioned it. It's Philip Rivers. This, is, this game seems to be in his hands, and how well he plays. If he continues to do enough to win, then they're gonna win, right? But if he comes out there and let's say the Browns take an early lead, and he tries to do too much, that's where the Colts are gonna find trouble. But when when they when when they're able to just move the ball, and when he's just he's not. I mean, Philip Rivers isn't playing hero ball this team is going to win games. And that's what I think will happen here. Yeah, it's really the battle of two teams that got embarrassed. Obviously, the Colts barely lost, but they lost to the Jaguars, a team that many expected them to destroy. And the Browns got destroyed by the Ravens. Two teams that kind of were surprised and, you know, were look like we're in uh, panic mode after week one. And now, all of a sudden, they find themselves battling out as they are both 3-1. and one. So this should be a very good, very competitive game now let's go to another matchup that COVID-19 has you know the game's been put into question due to the COVID-19 positive tests the Denver Broncos who are I believe still starting Brett uh, Rippin we'll see it ripen it might be Driscoll but I'm pretty sure they're going to ripen uh, ripen 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 I think it's ripen but I'm not it's ripen I think it yeah my bad um Either either way, I, I'm going to go, if this game is played, and I do think it's seriously in doubt after Stephon Gilmore became the second Patriot to test positive. It, you know, the Patriots didn't practice today. Uh, as of this recording, it's Wednesday, so we'll see kind of how, you know, the NFL handles this situation moving forward. If they do play, I think I'm going to go with the Patriots. I don't love both quarterback situations, but I do like this Patriots defense, even without Gilmore, better than the Denver defense. And I and I mean, whenever all things are equal or close, I feel like you have to side with Bill Belichick. So I think this can be a very low-scoring game, which is exactly the game Belichick and the Patriots are going to plan for and kind of almost hope for in a way. But I, again, the game's in Foxborough and... You know, we'll see if this game is played, but I, I'm not betting against Belichick in this situation. Yeah, uh, Bill Belichick's got to be frustrated after that performance against Kansas City. Yeah, they weren't supposed to win that game. With Brian Hoyer and then going to Jared Stidham, but there were just too many mistakes that you don't see happen from a Belichick coach team. 
and I think they are going. I feel like a broken record saying get right at this point, but like I really do expect this Patriots defense to clamp down and take advantage of the young Brett Griffin here. Um, and I, I think this game could easily be ten to three. But I do expect the Patriots to win. Yeah, pa- Patriots, are, as I was saying, Patriots to win in a very low-scoring affair. We were kind of talking about how there might not be many points scored in the Eagles-Steelers game. I mean, compared to that game, the Eagles-Steelers might be a shootout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely see where you're going from there. So, now let's get to the uh, the night the night games, the Sunday night and Monday night. We'll start with the Sunday night game. The Minnesota Vikings coming off a big win, really a must win after starting 0-3. They beat the Houston Texans, Come and they're going to be going against the Seattle Seahawks. The 4-0 Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, the MVP frontrunner, in my opinion, Shy, I'm, I bet it's still your opinion, and even a lot of people's opinion, Russell Wilson right now is the frontrunner for the most valuable player in the NFL. I think... Kirk Cousins can play well. This the Seahawks defense, especially the secondary, has not been great. We'll see with Jamal Adams. I believe he's been. I believe he's injured. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see with the Seahawks secondary, and they have to play better because you know they can't rely on Russell Wilson every single day in every single game. But I, I do expect Seattle to get the win. The game is in Seattle, but I think this can be a really good game, and I think it's going to be. Big to see that Seahawks secondary uh, against guys like Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson because that wide receiver duo has really stepped up these last few games. Yeah, this is either going to be a shootout or a blowout. Um, depending on if the Minnesota Vikings are able to keep up with Russell Wilson, they kind of let Russ cook movement there that's going down in Seattle. Um, they're going to put up points. And I do think it will probably be uh, competitive given Seattle's struggles on the defensive side of the ball, like you mentioned. But I like Seattle, and I just I can't pick against Russell Wilson. Um, maybe against only in the very few situations here would I pick against him. And even in those situations, which I guess you're probably talking about, what, like the Chiefs, maybe the Ravens? Like, even in those situations, the way Russ is playing, it's going to be hard to bet against him. So, so now let's go to the final game of week five, or unless there's a game that's postponed and then gets moved back to Monday or Tuesday. But as of now, the final game of week five, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the New, or- New Orleans Saints. Justin Herbert now has gone step for step, pass for pass against Patrick Mahomes. He didn't even know he was playing against Patrick Mahomes until five minutes before the game. And then he went really score for score with Mahomes up until overtime. And then he went score for score with Tom Brady and that incredible Bucks offense when his, you know, really good running back Austin Eckler got injured in the middle of the game. Justin Herbert, I think, so far, in my mind, has been more impressive than Joe Burrow. I expect her I expected Herbert to have some growing pains, some inconsistencies early on in his career. And so far, he has proved me way wrong. He looks completely NFL-ready. And when Terod Taylor is healthy and ready to come back, you can't go back to Terod Taylor. Justin Herbert, 
there's a reason why that many thought he should have started on, on the bench. But, wow, I did not expect him to look this good this quickly in his career. I'm still going to give the edge to the Saints. Uh, I really like Kamara, obviously. And we saw even even though um, the Chargers have a better defense than the Lions, the Saints were able to score points last week. Uh, you know, and, you know, they came back from a double-digit deficit. Games in New Orleans, I'm going to go with the Saints. We'll see if Michael Thomas comes back. Obviously, the game's on Monday night, so he has an extra week to maybe get healthy. But, uh, hey, I mean, Herbert went, again, pass for pass with Mahomes, with Brady. We'll see if he can do it with another or, you know, a future Hall of Famer now in Drew Brees. Obviously, Mahomes isn't at that future Hall of Famer yet at this point in his career. Brady is. So, this this is going to be a really fun game. And I think Herbert on the national stage, is it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm, ex- I'm excited for this game to see what the, uh, the young quarterback has in store. I will give the edge to the Saints, though. But this game can be pretty high scoring in my mind. Uh, this is another game, and it's... Uh, kind of like the Tampa Bay game almost, where I'm kind of that one X factor receiver. Him, now this other is also this other X factor receiver named Michael Thomas also happens to be in my fantasy team and also is questionable for this game. Look at the look at the coincidence here. But yes, I I think it's a similar situation. I will pick the Chargers. I expect the Chargers to win this game if Mike Thomas does. Michael Thomas does not play, but. If he does, I think, although he's coming off the high ankle sprain, I believe, and as Alex told me several times, uh, it, those are in, that's an injury that it's hard to come back from and really be uh, hit the ground running, per se. But I do expect that chemistry of Drew Brees to show. He's missed him, as we've seen, and I expect there, there to be a, a still a big connection should he play. And I will take the Saints if he plays. But I do think it's going to be a close game and one that's fun to watch, as you said. Yeah, I mean, you were saying, like, literally hit the ground running. <laughs> that's literally what sometimes, you know, the high ankle sprain, you know, as a Giants fan, Saquon really, you know, he may have only missed, you know, three, four weeks, but he was not himself until really the last three weeks of the season. And then you saw that explosiveness come back. So if Michael Thomas comes back this week or next week or whenever he comes back, I'll be really interested to see how he rebounds, along with other guys, because like a Christian McCaffrey who suffered the same type of injury. So, Shai, do you have any kind of last thoughts? Uh, I guess you know this might be a bit of a, one of our shorter podcasts. We still got all we had to get done, but uh, any last thoughts in any of these games, Bill Bryan's firing, or any of the games affected by the COVID nineteen pandemic? Bill O'Brien's firing. How does Adam Gase have a job? Well, I think it's mostly the Jets might not... Well, remember, Bill O'Brien also had the GM power. So maybe, I don't know, they didn't want... They wanted to start the research or, you know, for a GM. Maybe it had something to do with that. I also think, you know, maybe the Jets didn't want to fire Gase so soon. Uh I, at the end of the day, I don't see Gase keeping his job at the end of the season. And it's not like if you fire Gase now, I guess you're going to probably promote Greg Williams to interim head coach just because he's done it before. But it's not like you're going to hire your new, you know, full-time head coach, you know, before every other team will just because you ha- you fired Gase now. So, 
you know, we'll see. I don't, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to be like, oh, Bill O'Brien and, you know, got fired now and Adam Gase will be fired, you know, a year from now. At the end of the day, I think this will be a Gase's last season, as was Bill O'Brien's. I do have a, do you think Bill O'Brien will be able to find another coaching job, you know, as a coordinator or maybe even at the college level? He's not getting another GM job. I'm telling you that right now, Alex. Thank, well, I mean, uh, thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> I, you know, I think it depends on how it shakes out and the candidates uh, that emerge. Right now, he would definitely not be my first choice. There are several other guys, other coordinators that I would look to. But I think it depends on how many vacancies there are. Right now, I'd probably lean no. Um, but I think I think it is close, and I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah, and also, like, you know, we can go back and forth on, you know, was he a great leader, especially now with all the tension in that organization. But, you know, possibly maybe for a rookie head coach who hasn't learned all the ropes, still getting a guy who at least has done it before, I think can be beneficial to a maybe a less experienced guy so you know I think Bill Brown maybe maybe able to find a job somewhere somewhere where obviously he doesn't have the same amount of power he did in Houston and I'm not even talking about head coach maybe we're not as an offensive coordinator but some offensive assist assistant I think you know he might be able to find some job maybe he'll take a year off which I think could be very beneficial to him like maybe it was to Mike McCarthy as an example I guess my final thought is uh the COVID-19 obviously the NFL has to play it safe kind of leading up to even throughout that uh tight situation I thought they had done a pretty good job I was a little worried that maybe they played that Chiefs Patriots game too soon and should have postponed it even further. And now with the Stefan Gilmore positive COVID nineteen test, uh, you know that's obviously worries me even more. So you know, hopefully it didn't spread to the Chiefs. Uh, you know, we saw the Vikings dodge a bullet when they didn't. It looks like they didn't get any positive tests from the Titans. So I think the NFL, I still think, has done overall a decent job. I don't know what how much else they could do given these circumstances, although I do think they may have played that Chiefs-Patriots game a little too soon for my liking. Yeah, I think they've overall done a good job. It'll be interesting to see, um, given that new memo that Roger Goodell released, I believe, was it Monday night, Alex, or Tuesday morning? You'll have to correct me. But um, basically saying that the, the draft picks could be on the line for not following protocol, the possibility of forfeits even. Um, well, that's, they're talking about this week. Like, if they find that the Titans did do something wrong, it's very possible that they might just have to, if they can't play, instead of postponing, they might just have to forfeit the game to Buffalo. You also, I bet you, you probably have seen this, that the Raiders had a fundraiser, which, you know, I believe it was Darren Waller's fundraiser, Good for him. You know, he's helping out. I, I forgot what it was for, but it sounds like it was it was for a good cause. But apparently no one had masks on. There was no social distancing. And apparently now a Raider today, or it may, or yesterday, I believe, Maurice Hurst was put on the COVID-19 list. Today, there was a player, it may have been Hurst, it may have been someone else, that did test positive on that Vegas Raiders team. So... 
you know, that's obviously another red flag. But I think the N- the NFL, Goodell, knows that they have to come down hard because we saw in the MLB that there were two outbreaks because there were teams that weren't taking the protocol seriously. So I think I think these protocols actually are overall pretty good. They seem to be working uh, overall pretty well. It's just about teams taking them seriously and following it to the every detail, really. Yeah. Um, I have to sign off pretty soon, Alex, but um, you're welcome to finish the segment. I don't know how much time we have left with that week, but a final thought is I completely agree with you. The NFL must come down hard on this, and I think compensation should be distributed to teams that were hurt by irresponsible actions of other teams, similar to these acting that the Raiders have done with Darren Waller. Maybe that's not connected to them, but again, I think they should be held responsible. And the Tennessee Titans with that workout, and depending on what else they find, um, the Bills should definitely should that game be not should that game not be played. The Bills should be receiving compensation depending on you know whether they want to do a draft pick or a forfeit. And possibly even my Steelers. Now, this could be be biased, but I think it changes a lot. I kind of have to shift completely gears in 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 the middle of that week. And maybe it's a six round pick, but I do believe some sort of compensation, if indeed irresponsible actions were taking place by Tennessee, should uh, be given to the Steelers if if the NFL warrants that. Uh, they should they should take it into consideration at least, but. I'm going to leave you with that, Alex, and uh, I will sign off because I've got somewhere to be. But it's been a pleasure, and uh, I will see you next week. So, yeah, that, I'm going to wrap up uh, Game Time Podcast. We are going to have a slight change of our name for people kind of out there looking for our podcast. It's now going to be NFL Game Time Podcast. We are adding the NFL at the beginning of our name. I guess just one last thought to add on to Shai's previous point is, teams have or sorry not teams but the league has fined certain players and coaches for not completely abiding by directly to each and every detail of those protocols that's all for today for your hosts shy dweck i'm alex rubinson we'll see you next time on nfl game time podcast